You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I want to sit here and say, like, the NHL is just, it's, sometimes you just, it's, everything falls your way. And, and everything didn't fall the Bruins way last year necessarily. I mean, we just talked about it. Like you started the year without two major players. You had injuries along the way. I mean, you had Jake, you were without Jake DeBrusque, who's a top six player, top line winger for them last year for a couple of months. Like they had their injuries. I mean, so they had their hurdles, but it just on the scoreboard, just everything went their way. And, and, and sometimes it's just like you catch, can you just catch a team on an off night? Can you catch a team on a, on a third game of a four game road trip. Can you catch it? Can that happen all year long? No. And the parody is too, too, too great in the NHL for that to, to be a reality, to just win 65 out of 82 games. is really insane. But as we, as we see uh, that can come with its challenges afterwards, because you you really should face a lot of adversity or at least more than the Bruins did last year on the scoreboard. And, And I think they'll probably get that this year. So um they may be a better team off for it and and they're a much different team like we talked about it before when they collapsed in 2010 and came back and won a cup a year later like you had a lot of the same players on that team this is this really is like it's not only did you experience the loss of last year but you don't really have much roster carryover to to feel it throughout the lineup it's not like they can galvanize behind that like guys we need to come back this year and 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 redeem ourselves because truthfully i mean I would say what forty five percent of the rosters changed over from last year. Yeah, I still think that there's a significant chunk though that can you know start with the goalies again, most of the decor, and then your Pasternak, Martian, Coyle, Frederick, um, DeBrusque, Zaka. Like, there's still enough guys there that I think can draw on that. Enough guys who are in key roles and you know, important positions and going to be playing a lot of minutes for you. So you're right. It's, it's probably, it's almost certainly more turnover than 2010 to to 2011, but I still think there's enough there that, you know, if these guys take the right approach and take, you know, like what Swayman laid out today of wanting to do everything possible to avoid that, having that feeling again, they, you know, they should have enough guys who can kind of, rally around that um and some of the guys coming in i think are going to be motivated too like you know shattenkirk's won a couple four and he talked about how you know he went out to anaheim didn't even have a chance was on a rebuilding team and like he wants that feeling again uh 
James Van Riemsdyk's never won a cup. I'm sure he would like to. So, you know, Lucci, we know how much Lucci wants, wants that, wanted to be back here, wants to kind of relive those glory days and, and have that feeling again. So I, I think they will be able to use it as motivation, but, um, you know, that like that motivation, I don't think can like fully outweigh talent. So it still comes back to like, is there, is there going to be enough talent left here for them to, you know, really be able to have a team that can make it run? Cause we've talked about that, right? Like highlighting the teams that had record seasons and blew it in the playoffs and then won the next year, whether it was the lightning from 2019 to 2020 or the red wings from 96 to 97. But I think if you, if you went through those rosters, I think to Brian's point, you'd also find, probably a lot more consistency and not so many top players um, departing in between. Yeah. But as part of this conversation, we were talking, when we were talking about how um, last season, when the Bruins started out, they weren't, you know, they had a lot of guys uh, that weren't available to play in the first month, but this year, correct me if I'm wrong, Everybody's pretty healthy going into the season. I know we talked about Lindholm potentially having something going on with his foot, but as far as we know, it's not going to affect him his starting time. Um, so, I mean, I feel like the team is heading into this season uh, in a better situation health-wise than they were last year. Not not personnel-wise, obviously, uh, for all the things we've talked about, but health-wise, everybody seems to be doing okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bruins haven't announced any surgeries, and, like, they – for guys who are on the roster, they have to disclose that. So, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like anyone minor procedures that, you know, they don't have to announce anything, but generally anything that's going to cause guys to potentially miss the start of the season or whatever, like they, they put out a press release at some point and we're now, you know, so far into the off season that it would be pretty shocking if someone had a surgery now, like those all. Yeah. Cause that's something you do in May. Yeah, exactly. Because all of those, um, like Marshawn surgery, Grizzlicks surgery, those all happened in, I believe it was May last last year. As soon as the off season came, uh, they wanted to get those done pretty much as quick as possible to start the recovery process. So, seems like everybody's pretty pretty good to go. I'm I'm guessing that Lindholm's issue with his foot was something that could heal itself with rest and you know rehab. So. I want to prompt you guys with a question and I feel like maybe we should try to dig a little deeper here because I think the obvious answer to my question, which is if there's one, cause you talk about personnel, if there's one player to follow this year where you want to, you want to see just how that pans out and, and, and what they're capable of doing. I feel like the number one answer w- would be Pavel Zaka. I think he's going to be asked to, play first line minutes and Bridget, as you've mentioned in the past, whether it's technically the second line or not, he's going to be with Pasternak. So I, I think we all kind of call that the number one line. That's an easy answer. I think for just about everybody, we all want to see how that pans out. So beyond Pavel Zaka, is there a player that you're really just very fascinated to see how they perform this year? Bridget, you want to go first? Sure. I have a couple so I can, I'm going to say, First one pops into my head is Charlie Coyle Um, because he's also in an elevated role. And 
Whereas we've seen Zaka kind of has a similar skill set to a little bit of Bergeron and a little bit of Krejci. Coyle has a completely different style of playing center uh, than those two guys do. And uh, he hasn't been in that role. And so he's going to be someone that he's mature and I think he can step up and we saw him step up in the playoffs, but he's somebody that I'm really interested to see the chemistry and wherever he ends up, whoever he ends up between um, will mostly be forming new chemistry. So um, he's, he's older now. He's, he's in his early thirties and he'll have to become a leader. I'm pretty sure, like I mentioned before, Frederick follows him as a leader. I think some of the younger guys um, tend to follow along behind him because he's, he's very, you know, he's a likable guy. Um, Seems to be pretty smart. So he's going to have to become fill some of the leadership void, I think. Yeah, I, I already mentioned him, but for me, it's Brad Marchand, who we think is probably going to be the captain. And on the ice, you know, what kind of season does he have? Because last year was a good season for him, no doubt about it, but it wasn't prime Brad Marchand. You know, it wasn't 90 to 100 point pace. Can he get back to that level? We We think he's going to be healthier now that he has a full – off season, a full regular off season, he can do all his usual training, not be recovering from hip surgery. So does that get him back to something approaching prime Brad Marshan? Can he still get there at 30, 35 years old? Or, you know, do you settle, do you settle for a really good Brad Marshan, but not quite that, you know, top five to 10 forward in the NHL level. Um, You look at this offense and it's like, boy, it sure would be a huge help if that prime Marchand who's, you know, top five to eight in MVP voting is still in there. Um, But that's also a lot to ask of someone who's 35 years old. So I'm really fascinated to see what his season's going to look like. I don't expect him to like seriously decline or anything like that, but it's, it's to me, it's like the difference between him being at an elite level and him just being at like really good level. Um, so that that's where my mind goes. I'll stick up front as well. I mean, I, I have, I have a mind to, to say Charlie McAvoy just because of, I, I feel like he battled last year, just trying to, I mean, he still had a phenomenal season across the board, but as far as like, getting back up to speed for himself and his own personal standards that he sets for himself. I just feel like he may not, he, he just wasn't able to have the, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the entire ceiling that he, that he could reach last year, just because for, again, for his own standards, because he had to, he had to battle back from injury and, and, and get up to speed. But so I, I want to see how McAvoy bounces back. If he can, you know, find his way back into like, you know, top five in Norris voting, as opposed to what was he, uh, outside the top 15 maybe or top 12 in Morris voting last year, which made sense, right? Cause he didn't have a full season under his belt. And, and you know, it's just, I just feel like next year he should get back into that top three, top five Norris Norris votes. But I think up front for me, I, I want to see how Morgan geeky does. And if he ends up becoming a, a really solid middle six forward for them, because I think if the Bruins want to have a, an offense by committee this season with the lack of, high-end depth that they've lost this past offseason, I think you're going to need him to emerge as a, as a true bonafide number three centerman. Um, 
who can pl- potentially even be a, a second line player at some point in his career. Because uh, if he if he kind of flops, um, the Bruins just go from having they just they might not have the the bottom six scoring. It, it, and and it's unfair to put it on him, but he does seem like a player that the Bruins third line production may ride or die with if if he's a player that that has a, a higher ceiling that he hasn't reached yet, or if he has a just a a, a miss a miss. Uh, identification i suppose by don sweeney i i I actually am optimistic that he's going to be a pretty good player for them but until we see it i don't know so i'm curious to see how that plays out yeah a couple others that came to mind for me one we we covered pretty extensively last episode but trent frederick you know can he can he drive a line can he run with third line center spot um and then two that i want to see like can they stay at or close to the level they were at last year David Pasternak, is he going to once again be, you know, an elite scorer in the Rocket Richard conversation, you know, up there with anyone not named Connor McDavid in terms of production? Like, I, I think he can do that, but, you know, let's see it for a second year in a row. And another one, Brandon Carlo, who last year had a really strong season after a couple inconsistent ones. And, you know, that second pairing with him and Lindholm was an elite shutdown pairing last year. If Carlo can play at that level again, it should be once again this season. So interested to see, like, is that Carlo now here to stay and, you know, put up that kind of really strong defensive season year after year? Or, you know, with maybe not as great of a team around him on the ice every time out, does some inconsistency start to creep in again? It's funny because we all picked different people. And I was thinking when Brian started talking about, you know, thinking about a defenseman that falls in that the category of this question, I thought of Hampus Lindholm first. Um, because if you guys recall, Hampus Lindholm, when, when McAvoy was out, was just started off the season so strong. And his offensive production was great. His skating was great. He looked like a really great player for the Bruins, especially – in that early part of the season. And then he started to, to trail off a little bit. And we mentioned in the playoffs, he wasn't looking like himself. So for him having a more consistent season where he could look like that player that he looked like um, early in the 2022, 23 season could be huge for the Bruins because you're talking about a fall off in offensive weapons. Well, I feel like campus Lindholm could be a bigger offensive weapon for them than he was towards the end of the season last year. He has the skill set and he has a skating ability and he's got good vision. So uh, if he steps up and plays the way we know he can, he he's somebody that could contribute for, for them offensively. Yeah, and, and Lindholm was a guy who, once again, just and we found out that of the injuries last year that came out, he, he was battling a broken foot, but he was somebody who he just was a shell of himself in the playoffs for one reason or another, and you could just tell because his skating was is, is his strongest suit, uh, his ability to gain separation, especially around around in the net. And, and at times last last postseason, he just, I mean, he was just falling over himself without people on him. And 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 so, but and that's not and that's not the kind of player he is. So you you have to no. expect that he's going to come out looking better now that he's healed, um, looking more like he did last season in the early parts of the season. Right, and and, and you know the good news is. He may have had a strong, uh, a poor postseason, but he had an unbelievable regular season. 
And we talk about Norris votes. He had more Norris votes than, than Charlie McAvoy. So, and you can't get to the postseason without a strong regular season. So yes, Bridget, I think Lindholm is, is a guy that, the, again, it's it's one of the reasons why you look at the Bruins forward forward depth on paper and, and you sit there and you say to yourself, it leaves, there's a couple of key holes. Could those holes become smaller if certain players end up surpassing certain expectations? Sure. But I I haven't, I haven't looked at this Bruins team and thought to myself, well, there's no Bergeron, there's no Krejci, so there's no chance that they make the playoffs because they did it without Krejci the year before. And so it's really, or, you know, even to extend that to Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi, like, like, yes, they lost a lot, but I've seen lesser teams, lesser forward teams make the playoffs before. But the most important thing to me is like, you look at these teams around the league. Yeah. Some team, first of all, Nobody has a David Pasternak. There's only a couple of teams that can say they have a player that's of Pasternak's caliber or better up front. Um, so let's not let's not forget that he's on your team, right? And Brad Marchand, right? We want to see how he plays without Bergeron, like Scott talked about him being older. But the Bruins have a couple of key guys. They might have the depth that other teams do offensively. But I guarantee you most of those teams, they just don't have. You don't have a Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, one-two punch where they're on the ice two-thirds of the game, one way or the other. You don't have... The, the Jennings the, the the Jennings Trophy winning goaltending tandem that the, the Bruins have so again like they need th- this team needs to stay healthy all over the ice to to make the playoffs but they have the goaltending and the defense that literally nobody else in the league really can boast and so it they don't have to have a high octane offense they just need to have a good offense and look get to the playoffs and see what happens but there's a long ways till then but I just it, it's it is interesting because I just feel like we haven't talked about the defense much and the goaltending because we haven't had to because we know what they have and we focus on the offense. But, man, I'll, t- I'll tell you, like, if, if, if other teams could have the, what the Bruins have on the back end and the, in the net, I mean, they, they, they'd be calling for a Stanley Cup. It's just that we, 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 we've gotten used to it but and, we've gotten, and we know how much loss they had up front, but it's, this, this Bruins team is definitely good enough to compete. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look at the Islanders making the playoffs pretty much every year, and it's like, how do they do it? Well, they have really good goaltending. They play really good defense. But by the way, like, with a decor that doesn't have a Charlie McAvoy or arguably even a Hampus Lindholm, and with a forward group that doesn't have a David Pasternak or even a Brad Marchand. So again, yeah, to to your point, it's like, there's still enough high-end talent there, and a foundation of defense and goaltending that you, in my mind, you should be a playoff team. I'm not expecting them to win the president's trophy or be one of the top seeds, but I think they should be in the field for sure.